Cool. Welcome to the Mass Startup Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Mashiru Mudal. Today, I have a really great guest um, whose amazing business has shook up a neighborhood um, in recent times and really created a space for entrepreneurs, creators to come into uh, a suburban area and really treat it just as um, well as any other work-centered um, city. Um, this is Bloom um, with Khabo. So tell me more about Bloom. Um, so hi guys. Um, yeah, Bloom is basically an initiative or an idea that my partner and I, Alan Gibson, um, started that, you know, just to create uh, a co-working space, well, a working space and uh, a coffee shop and combine the two in Parkhurst. I mean, we identified a need that a lot of people just want a space that they can work from or, you know, just to beat traffic or just do a full day's work or even just an off-site meeting venue that's not too formal. So that's what, you know, how Bloom came about. Yeah, I mean, let's backtrack a bit. Like, have you always been an entrepreneur? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I've always been an entrepreneur. I mean, so just to give you a bit of background on myself, um, I studied internal auditing. I've got a BGOM degree in internal auditing, and I always figured myself to be quite the auditor, but once I really got into my studies, I realized that I'm not big on the academic side of things. So after I graduated, I just gravitated towards small business. Why, why do you think that is? Um, I'm not massive on structure, and I think, you know, with big business, they're very big on hierarchy, and I've always been a believer that, you know, I'd like no matter how young or old you are, you can always add some level of value. And so I didn't like the, the hierarchy system within big business, but just also I'm, I'm a bit of a free thinker, so small business just allows you to apply your mind in many different ways, you know, and I'm not knocking anything on big business. You know, some people like the structure. I'm just not one of those people. Yeah. So do you think um, small businesses really respect sort of the the power, influence and importance of, you know, auditing and accounting and stuff like that or not yet, not really? Look, not yet, not really. And I think not necessarily that we don't respect it, but I think there's a bit of fear around it. You know, I think just the way, you know, our legislation is written is that people tend to rather fear and put it off as opposed to using it as a tool to actually make their business successful, you know. So, yeah. So how do you think um, this sort of your background in, in, in into auditing has sort of helped you throughout your journey um, of entrepreneurship? Look, I think it's made me, uh, people think I'm very risk averse. Um, I think so as well. But I think my knowledge from an internal auditing and financial accounting background, um, it, it allows me to, to quantify a lot of things a bit better, you know, and I think... I'm not necessarily the, the brightest spark when it comes to ideas. So I work with a lot of people who have really great ideas. And my strength is being able to build data and analytics around those ideas. And that's where the auditing and the, what do you call it, the accounting side of things comes from. So from a very analytical place, that's where I think my strength and what's helped me in the entrepreneurship side is that, you know, I've been able to use the knowledge that I've gained from my degree in actually using it in smaller sort of instances and smaller businesses, which is very, very important. I think small businesses, I think from an auditing perspective, compliance, people don't necessarily look at it as something that's important until stuff hits really the fan. Bad, yeah. So, yeah, just I think also making people more aware but less fearful of compliance and financial compliance especially. Um, I mean, what came before Bloom? 
right? So I know you had an internal auditing background, but what came, was there other businesses before this one? Um, so we have our main business, Okavusa, and that's basically uh, management consulting. We do transformation consulting, and we focus on uh, enterprise and supplier development on the BEE scorecard. So we develop small, both small black-owned businesses. So I'm a part owner in that one. And before that, I was actually at a verification agency. So I've always been within transformation because I just felt like that's, you know, I, it's an area that I like in terms of, I'm really passionate about, you know, the transformation of our economy. So after university, I joined um, a BE accredited agency and I started off as an intern. So I think my thing was that as an intern, they just took any random interns as long as you had a degree. <laughs> so I was like small business, 12 people. I want to learn as much as possible about everything in the business. So that's where I think my passion for entrepreneurship really came to. I've always been passionate about it, but I just I didn't know how to go about it. So I yeah. just found a small business to work in and then just grow as quickly as I can. So do you think a lot more people should do that before starting a business, you know, just to learn from, learn in that way versus, say, taking online courses or just winging it? Look, I was fortunate because the small business that I got into, they were very open to allowing me to learn. So then nobody held back information. So I think it's important. You know, sometimes you might get into a toxic environment and you, it changes your outcome and well, your outlook on entrepreneurship. So I think essentially you just do whatever works for you. Some people do have the courage to just go into it, you know. And I'm not saying go, try and go into it blind. Um, you have to equip yourself with as much information as possible. But there's no there's no structure no formula to actually doing it in my opinion you know i think all our experiences are very different we'll be back shortly just to chat more about balloon the guys at yoko really really want to um, emphasize and really want to serve is it should be easy for small businesses to get paid and that shouldn't be your focus um you need to be creating you need to be building out your business in new and creative ways you need to be marketing yourself better and the last thing you should be really really worried about is how you're going to accept card payments so it's really simple to get a card machine and start earning really fast there are no contracts zero monthly fees and the yoko point of sale app comes free with your yoko machine so you can go to yoko.com and use the promo code start mash and get 500 rand off your device this is a really great episode that tells amazing story about her few journey and also how she's built out her business and what inspires her as well so i just want to encourage you guys to just start and build out incredible things here from Mpo. So, um, we're back and I, I always think about um, coffee shops as just like really, really insane hubs, right? And like, I don't think people see them as that sometimes most people just go, oh no, it's a coffee shop. You walk in, you get coffee, you go out. But seeing how coffee shops have evolved in Joburg um, and just how they've become more of homes you know, an extended home, that's like where you go after home, right? And maybe even right before you go home again, that's where you go. So you start and end your day there and you want to meet people, you want to learn from people, you want to connect with people. There's so much more to it. Do you guys see it that way? 
So we definitely see it that way. I think with Bloom, what we try to create is what we call the third space. So, you know, outside of, you know, your home environment and your work environment, there should be a, a space where you can, you allow yourself for creative and, you know, for thinking, just to be outside of just your normal responsibilities. So with Bloom, that was a big concept with us to say that, just come and be, you know, whether you want to be creative, whether you just want to have a coffee and sit in silence, we cater for all of that. And I think, yeah, it's just a case of, we understand that, it's important for some people really like to have something like this as part of their routine and we want to try and cater for that because there isn't enough spaces like this in Joburg. Definitely and I think for some reason there really wasn't a coffee shop in Parkhurst specifically where someone could actually sit and work. It was mainly you know you sitting there for a small chat or something like that but you weren't really sitting there to work. Like what do you guys do to the space to like encourage that? Um, so, I think it's also just, look, it's, it's, it's quite crazy that in Parkhurst there weren't a lot of coffee, there were quite a few coffee shops, but none of them had Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane in this day and age, and you know, I, I, not to knock anyone's hustle, but I do get that people want to keep the space authentic and stuff, but we, we're living in a different age where, you know, people travel and they work quite a bit, you know, they should be able to work from anywhere. Mm. So the big thing with us is that we wanted people to be able to collaborate. So we created a rather minimalistic space, very open. Colors are very soft in that it's, some, it's a place you can sit in for a couple of hours and not feel like, oh, I need to take a walk after this because it's draining or it's dark. So we try to keep everything very basic, very simple. The menu, everything about the place is just, I think, sort of encourages you to just sit and do whatever you need to do, whether it's relax, have a coffee, or just... We even encourage people to people watch. And that's yeah, how we have that big glass. bar area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of glass in the store. And if you just want to sit and just observe people, I think Parkhurst is a beautiful place in that you get to interact with a lot of different people. So sometimes people just come and just want to people watch. And not in a creepy way. But <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys, are you guys able to sort of monitor or um, keep track of the connections and collaborations that happen because of your space? Because I think that would be incredible. So... We've been very fortunate that people have actually come to us and actually we've engaged quite a bit with the audience and that, you know, people will come and ask what the space is about and having the boardrooms at the back with, you know, people thought it's a smoking section because it's just two glass panels. Mm. People ask the questions and we get to engage and find out what they do. But we also start to notice, you know, who the regulars are, who's having meetings there and you engage with people. So I think we've been pretty open and we have, not necessarily, not, we're not trying to monitor it in terms of, but we just... We do notice that, you know, who's doing what and, you know, you can see people doing a bit more on yeah. the regular. So it's, it's actually quite, it's, it's quite a nice thing to see for us. Yeah. It's, one last thing I, I really notice is how, like, involved you guys are. So um, I've come there very often and um, I think every morning you guys are in there shaking people's hands, asking if everything's okay, making sure that everything's running as smoothly as possible. Where does that investment come from? So we believe, in fact, essentially what we're trying to do is encourage people to use our space, but to interact with each other. And that starts from us. If we're not interacting with our audience, how do we expect our audience to interact with each other? And so I think the big thing with that is also just that we're trying to get our message across in that, you know, we, we, want, this, we want them to feel comfortable in the space and to, if whatever they want using the space for, that they should feel free to do so. So if they feel comfortable with us, then it's easier for them to start to feel comfortable with other people in the store as well.
That's pretty good. What do you see the future of Gleam, of Bloom being? Um, <laughs> that's an interesting question. So it's a tough question. It, it, is, it is a tough question. Look, we we, we want to obviously open more outlets and. You know, just you know the the backstory behind it is that we're trying to empower our staff to actually now start owning one of the outlets, the next outlets that come about. So what we're trying to do is just grow a solid base here and empowering our staff and making sure that they understand what we're trying to do and empower them with the knowledge of being able to open their own stores as well. So yeah, I think we just want to roll out as many as possible, but still keep the space very authentic. We want you to be able to sit and bloom in Germiston you know, and still have the same feels in Parkhurst where you feel like, you know, this is an open space that I can collaborate or, yeah. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure, man.